Welcome back to the show. Second half of the People's Show. We'll get to uh, our chat with Danny Kelly in just a moment. Uh, big shout out to Connie winning the tickets to Scotia Hockey Day in Canada, but also the 32 Thoughts live recording happening in Victoria. Don, are you going to be there for that one? Yeah, we're doing the live recording there at Wicked Hall, so we'll be in the house to uh, edit and there you go. stack that up. So you can see Dom, too. I guess you can, yeah. That's the real prize. Say hi. I, I don't have fans, so it's kind of cool when people say hi. You got fans? Come on. Uh, Vicky and Poco. <laughs> so it's good fans. fans. It's, it's good to have fans. Uh, all right. So I was just talking about there about because uh, Michael being a natural goal scorer and everything. So I just pulled this up. So far this year, as far as like willing shooter, Jake Ensel has thrown the puck towards the net 239 times. Right? N- not shots on goal. Just attempted. Andre Kuzmenko is a at 108. So we're talking about like twice the willing shooter. Four more games there for, for Gensel, but he's not making up a 100-plus gap in four games. So it, it just goes to show like the type of shooter you'd like to see next to Elias Pettersson but, for a couple but, people texting him. But what's his it. shooting percentage? That's the real That's the real. Hey, right? Jay Gensel, I'll tell you right now, it's 13.2 this year, uh, career 15.5. But you want to talk about the model of consistency? This is his goals per game since coming to the year, or since coming into the league. 0. 0.4, 0.27, 0.49, 0.51, 0.41, 0.53, 0.46, 0. 0.47. You see a trend emerging here. That dude is consistent at scoring goals. Health, situations, wealth, all happiness. That. Yeah. Uh, not always as consistent, but that dude can score goals, simply put. Uh, all right. Fantasy season uh, coming to a close for a lot of people. Again, big shout out to uh, Jordan Langley, who went out of the People Show Fantasy League. We'll hook you up, Jordan. Big shout out to Elon. We'll give him his credit. Send him his money, Bick. Look, I'm, I'm, Where's his I'm, money, I'm, man? I'm working right now. You are five minutes in the break. I'm not Brian Griffin. Yeah, I was having a spirited conversation with, with Dan and Sat. <laughs> you, you could I'll, have sent him his I'll money. I'll do it in the break. Don't worry. By the way, Sat and Dan, send him his I, money. I'm not a known... Welcher? No, like a, a known, yeah, reneger in fantasy circles. You are. No, I'm not. We had I a always pay. On the show. I always pay. But not even pay. about payment, about like things that happen in We're fantasy We're talking leagues. about payment. Hey, it, it, it's all part of the character of who you are. Don't worry. Like, he's getting his money. No Welcher's grape soda here, buddy. You, you know who hasn't bothered me about it? The guy whose money, who's he's, like actually getting the money. He's too humble. You, you're taking up the cause. I'm his muscle. For other people. I'm his muscle. Yo, That's you, my boy. I sit next to this guy every day. Elon, I'm going to give you some advice right now. If that guy's your muscle, you got a bad entourage. Really? You got a bad entourage. Yeah, he also came in last place, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, so. no. Trying to get me my money, I appreciate no, it. No, 11. <laughs> All right, there's 14 teams in the league. All right, you're a champion. Some other amongst us uh, can be champion. I wasn't a champion this year, unfortunately, in any fantasy leagues. Uh, let's ask our uh, next guest from the Ringer Fantasy Football Podcast uh, with Danny Heifetz and Craig Horlbeck. Uh, you can email them over at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Plenty still to get into. Playoffs coming up and a couple of things. If you're in DFS, you can touch on it. Fantasy Football Update brought to you by Clayton Public House. Pre-game to post-game, Clayton Public House, your home of football. Catch all the action on 15 screens. Two giant projectors, theclaytonpub.com. DK, our... Uh, are you a champion this year? I am a champion. I won nice. two two different leagues. I told you before. Uh, I got two seconds, which is nice. Uh, not quite as fun as first. Um, but yeah, overall, I think the semifinals were rough. I had eleven teams in the semis, and then I only won two leagues. So 
kind of a bummer, but uh, that's them's the breaks, as they say. So long as the end of the year, you can call yourself a champion. No one's going to ask how many <laughs> leagues you were in or anything. You just say, hey, I won my fantasy football league. Right, exactly. Uh, okay, week 18 is a bit of a mess, uh, but we're going to be talking to you throughout the playoffs as well. It's for just for ideas for people that wanted to do DFS and just get an idea of who's you know trending the right way come playoffs. But I thought today a chance to kind of review you know the season that was and maybe what carries over into next season as well. Uh, just at first glance, when you're when you're thinking about this fantasy season, uh, some MVPs for you. Uh, I mean, obviously, Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. I think he's like, I've, I've been sort of my joke this year has been he's the only good player in fantasy football. Like he is scores a ton of points every single week. He's like exactly what you want in fantasy. It's just plug it in um, and, you know, he's going to win you your weeks more often than not. I think I saw per ESPN's like tracking. He was on one of the championship, te- one of the two championship teams in like 49% of leagues, which is like. Basically, if you drafted Chris McCaffrey, you're like half, like mm-hmm. you're halfway there, essentially. Um, so yeah, I think um, he was definitely like an MVP. The other guy that I want to mention, Kyron Williams for the Rams, who you probably got off of waivers, which is again great, great price. Um, but he was a guy that you know, outside of four weeks on the injured reserve, was like just plug him in, you're going to get like twenty plus points every single week. It feels like so. Um, you know, those two guys definitely come to mind. Raheem Mostert would be the third. Yeah, and then. Guys like Keenan Allen, guys like Mike Evans, like great value for where you got them. There's a couple of guys I want to ask about at the running back position, just because you know things change a lot between now and then, right? And people that are in yeah. deeper leagues and dynasty leagues and whatnot, maybe you're trying to sift through it. Um, two guys I want to ask about specifically, because I imagine you know just in my head of what 2024 ranks look like. Yeah, I, I assume like someone like Rashad White. Uh, Travis Etienne, I'll throw in Isaiah Pacheco in there as well, are probably going to be ranked really high. But are there are those situations stable? I don't, you know, I don't think Rashad White in particular kind of stands out as like a guy who could potentially lose some of his workload if they draft another running back. Um, this is kind of like the state of the NFL, you know, like almost every team uses a, a committee. Mm-hmm. And Rashad White had the massive benefit this year of not really being in a committee, even though I wouldn't say he was like necessarily a huge standout talent in terms of what he was doing on the ground. He is a really good pass catcher, and he added a lot of value after the catch. And if you look at the numbers, like his, you know, yards after the catch uh, over expectation has been really good this season. Like he's a really talented pass catcher. But um, you know, 250 carries next year. I this that he got 253 this year. I don't know for sure if he's going to have that if they draft another guy. So I'd I'd be like a little bit reticent to like take him super highly depending on how it all goes in the offseason. Of course, we'll have more information, mm-hmm. you know, with what they do in the offseason. Um, Pacheco, again, like he was really, really solid down the stretch. But, uh, you know, I, I still can't really figure out if he's actually really good or not. You know, I think I was talking about this on on my show the other day. I can't tell if it's like I'm just biased against the way he runs because he like just has such a funny running gait. He like picks his knees up really high. He looks like a little kid sometimes. Wait, bias against him? Yeah, biased against it. Just because oh, okay. it just looks, it looks so... I just I can't figure out if he's actually good. I guess. Okay, so I I think it's it's it, it looks so like ferocious the way he runs <laughs> yeah. that I think it endears himself to people who are like oh look how awesome this guy because it looks like all effort and I think right. people like him and then sometimes you just you actually watch it and you're like you should have ran in the other hole you should have done right. this like That's there's true. a lot of those moments that the production might look a certain way and I think people like him because he it looks like he's giving his his everything. He runs like a bumper car. I said this about Leonard yes. Fournette like a couple of years ago. Like he just runs so hard, but he also just runs into the back of his offensive lineman. He just kind of just like, oh, point me in a direction. I'm going to like run as hard as I possibly can. Um, so but I think what the point with that is, I just I'm not 100 percent sure 
I trust him. I do think he'll probably end up going into the season next year as their lead back because I think they have other spots they really need to fill, especially on offense. You know, with receiver, they need to get just they need to get a lot better at receiver. So I think running back's probably not going to be like a big priority priority for them. And so, um, you know, I think Pacheco will probably be. I don't know, off the top of my head, maybe like a third rounder, second, third rounder. Um, we'll see how it all goes again. But I, yeah, I still don't necessarily trust this. I think there's only a handful of running backs that is what I'm getting at that I really trust mm-hmm. um, in terms of getting the volume. I mean, even next year, like a guy like Raheem Mostert, what do we do with him? Right. Second overall running back this year. Um, and he's going to be 32 years old. Uh, Devon Echan is there. Like they're probably going to start giving him a little bit more work. Um, this just the state of the running back position in the NFL, I think is like really, uh, you know, not very reliable. The other, on the other hand though, I will say a guy like Brees Hall, I'm going to be drafting the heck out of him mm-hmm. because he looked incredible down the stretch. I, obviously I think their offense is going to be a lot better once Aaron Rodgers gets back, assuming he gets back. Um, and so he's going to be, I, I think a guy that's going to get pushed up draft boards quite a bit and people are going to be excited about him, but I think he's going to be one of those guys I'll be targeting too. I can already see we're going to overlook Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, and Nick Chubb. And it's going to be like, oh, look at that. Like, they're, they're back again. They're just doing yeah. it. For the fifth straight year. Yeah. yeah, for the fifth straight year. I'm already going to predict who the, the highest uh, jumps from 2023 ranks to 2024 will be. I'll give you three guys. Puka okay. Nakua and the two Houston guys next season. Uh, yes, Collins yes. and Tank Dell. I can yeah. just already see everyone's like, oh, like, throw these guys into the second or third round. Seriously. I mean, Tank Dell, when he was healthy um i think he was like a mid-range wide receiver too so he you know obviously and then he could take a jump this offseason um you expect the the texans offense to get even better next year you expect cj stroud to have a a second year jump so um there's going to be an incredible amount of of excitement about tank dell i think that the the issue with these little guys though like and this was the reason and this is a lesson i learned this season is not necessarily get so scared off by size i i was lower on tank dell than i should have been coming into the season Mm -hmm. because He's like 150 pounds, and I just didn't know how that was going to work in the NFL. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, this was one of the most productive guys in college football. In fact, I think he was the most productive receiver in college football come, before he came into the draft. And then, obviously, one of the most productive receivers in the NFL in terms of the rookie receivers. And so, um, I think, but again, the, the issue that you worry about with him is missing games. And that's what we saw this year. Um, you know, he broke a bone, I, you know, not necessarily because of his size, but I think he's just the, these little receivers, 155, 165 pound guys. Um, it's just going to be hard for them to, you know, endure throughout a whole season because these guys are taking hits too. So um, I think that's like my main worry is the durability, but yeah, obviously he's got the explosiveness. He's got the great connection with CJ Stroud. So he's going to be probably like a second or third rounder again. All right, so that's some stuff for the future. Um, I, I do want to do a little projecting into the, what we could see in the playoffs here. Uh, not that we know all the matchups. We'll get in more detail next week. But if you're just looking like uh, of these teams that are trying to get in, uh, the wild card here, Buffalo, Indianapolis, Houston, Pittsburgh in the AFC, in the NFC, it's Green Bay, Seattle, the Saints, Vikings, uh, still trying to squeak their way in. Who yeah. are the ones that like you look at and say, okay, I want these offenses in next week because it would be fun to look at them? But to me, the Bills are the team I want to see make the playoffs. Okay. Because I think that they're, you know, obviously um, Josh Allen is like one of the most chaotic and fun players to watch, period, in the NFL. Um, right now, it looks like they are the sixth seed. So they're probably going to make mm-hmm. it in. But I mean, I think just again, they're a really fun team to watch. I think they're a very good team. Like they're honestly probably top six, top seven team overall, even though they've kind of got, um, 
you know, they've had their issues this year. They're 10 and six. They've, they've lost some games. They probably should have won, but I do think that they're one of the top teams in the AFC. So um, getting them in would be a lot of fun. And then of course the Texans who I just mentioned, Mm -hmm. um, if I was going to pick between the Colts and the Texans, I'd probably pick the Texans just because I want to see CJ Stroud in the playoffs. I want to see that offense, what they can do. And um, you know, like Stroud is is got that pressure with like going back to last year coming in one of the biggest reasons I like Stroud coming into the draft is the way he played um, against Georgia and like he stepped up in the biggest like moments in his college career and so it'd be really fun to see him uh, go in and and do well. Uh, hey, dude, just really quickly on the Bills, how concerning is the Stephon Diggs stuff? Now, like yeah. at the end of the year, you look at it, you're like 100 catches, over 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns. Uh, it's not the worst season, but right. it just feels like every week there's a lot of complaints about Stephon Diggs. I mean, he hasn't done anything in like six weeks. It's wild. It, it, it's crazy that he actually still finished as overall right now, the, the wide receiver 11 in fantasy, um, because he hasn't done hardly anything in like the, over a month. Um, it's it's kind of wild how this has all kind of happened. I think part of it is like the, uh, Josh Allen has been really, uh, relying a lot more on uh, Dalton Kincaid, you know, dump offs to James Cook. Like, you know, there's he's been sort of feeding other guys in this offense. Um and maybe that has something to do with like the offensive coordinator change. Who knows? Like, there's probably a million variables here. Um, but for whatever reason, Stefan Diggs has just been not very involved in this offense. And um, I think if they want to go far in the playoffs, they probably have to fix that. You know, because he's he's a game changing player. <clears throat> Excuse me, and he he's the type of guy that can like elevate an offense. So they need to get on the same page. For whatever reason, they're not. They they need to get back on the same page. Uh, yeah, just going back to the, the NFC, it's like I only want to see the Packers or the Seahawks, and in the AFC, it's probably the Bills and probably the Texans. And you look at it, you're just like, oh, yeah, the, the teams with the best quarterbacks of the, yeah. the the group that we were talking about. To be honest, like, I, like the Jags, though, I, the Jag- I, Jaguars, I, I don't really like watching. I'd rather <laughs> see the Colts than the Jaguars. I'd rather see the, yeah. ja- or the, the Texans win the division and probably the Bills and the Colts then. Yeah, I don't know. For whatever reason, I mean, I love Trevor Lawrence, but like yeah. the rest of this offense is just so frustrating to watch week in and week out. They're so inconsistent. Um, I think like they're not very disciplined offensively, and it just ends up being really ugly football for for the most part. For whatever reason, I just don't like watching the Jags. But um, but yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, we'll get into it all next week, man. DK, thank you so much for everything this season, and uh, we'll we'll chat more about the the playoffs next week. All right, sounds great. Stanley Kelly from the Ringer Fantasy Football Podcast joining us here. You can email him uh, any of your fantasy thoughts, uh, getting ready for the playoffs and uh, DFS and anything at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. That is the fantasy football update brought to you by Clayton Public House, pregame to postgame. The Clayton Public House is your home of football. Catch all the action on 15 screens, two giant projectors, and the Clayton Pub dot com taking a look in the inbox 650 650 or the tweets uh amar tweeting us uh, i'd like to see miller pd besser the lotto line back together mckay of Suter garland second line shutdown line and uh joshua bluger who's manko or hoaglander is your third line talking about experimentation today uh what are some things that you want to see that uh you know with, with the advantageous the, the the advantage of uh the success that they've had uh, what do you want to do uh, experiment with? Uh, 650, 650. Uh, Dave and Poco texting in. Suter is thriving because the lines against him aren't shut down pairings. Put him on the second line, and he will struggle. Uh, it's something, yeah, absolutely to uh, be aware of. But Right now, this team does not have a lot of options. And PDG going out, who's not a top six guy consistently anyways, but it's going to highlight the problem a little bit more. Where will the impact of PDG 
be be felt the most outside of Dan Riccio's heart? Um, probably on the penalty kill. Were you reaching for the microphone because you wanted to say the same thing? Yes. <laughs> it, Beat it, me it, to it. It's going to be a weepy Canuck Central potentially uh, with uh, Reach and Sat coming up in about 10 minutes. Just the moaning Myrtle in the background. <laughs> it's a Harry Potter reference for those who don't know. Yeah, not Harry Potter guy, but I, fi- I, I figured you knew what you were talking about. Uh, PDG, PDG's impact, probably greatest felt on the penalty kill. A penalty kill that's been significantly better here recently. Uh, but with, with you know, kind of Miller being phased out on the PK, there's some guys who've been getting more roles there. Bluger's shown so much there. Joshua's shown a little bit there. PDG's featured. And Mikheyev, I'd still like to see a lot more from Mikheyev usage-wise on the penalty kill. But you're starting to see, it's like, hey, the, the, the leg feels like it's coming back for, or the knee starting to feel like it's coming back full speed for Ily Mikheyev, really opening it up. We got a lot of complaints on the postgame show about, oh, he's missing all these breakaways. Yeah, but he's getting breakaways a lot more frequently here recently. Probably a good sign that a little bit more trust in the knee. Uh, will he start getting a bit more PK usage uh, as well? But Phil Giuseppe, that spot uh, on the PK, uh, we'll, we'll see how long he's out for. But that to me would be the, the immediate concern of, where he's felt in the PK. I know there's success in the top six with with Miller, but they've rotated guys in and out there so much. His impact there gets minimized because Hoaglander can go up there and Lafferty can go up there. Suter can go up there. There's bodies to do that. PK, it's a role. It's a role, and uh, he's he's doing a good job in his role. Let me ask you something before we go out because I'm curious. You've been doing this for six years now. In the station, shows, yeah. yeah. Well, no, well, not post-game shows, you've, but yeah. You've mixed in. For like three years, four years. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, go Regardless. ahead. Regardless, anything surprise you anymore? In yeah. Terms of li- listener interaction. I, I, I like I like to be routinely surprised. I I I, I wipe my my slate clean every day and uh, no no historical context and, and so you go in no expectations every day <laughs> and something will perhaps perhaps it's just my way of like. I try to come to a logical conclusion of what we saw for sixty minutes, and I just assume everyone sees it the same way. Or not same way, but like it's living life dangerously. Yeah, uh, look, they they won five. <laughs> sorry, they they won the first period five nothing. I thought that would have been like, wow, we can just revel in the glory for the next forty minutes. Boy, were you wrong? Yeah, I was. I was way wrong. So I was surprised uh, about that yesterday. So the answer is yes. Things surprise you all the time. But you want to be surprised. You don't. You don't want to know all the answers to everything. You want to be a little unsure about everything, just so you're constantly asking yourself. What's this caller going to say? What's that texter going to say? Or, like, is is what's happening real? Is I don't mean, like, the grandeur. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I, 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 I'd like to sit here and say, you know, the Canucks are probably, like, the 10th, 12th best team. But I, I go home and be like, is, is that right? I like to question myself. That's because good. It's healthy Self-reflection, that way. yeah. Yeah. So, self-reflection. That's the word I was thinking of that I spent 30 <laughs> seconds putting out. A, Canoodling. A, yeah. All right. Good stuff today in the inbox. Way to compete. Uh, back at it tomorrow. Actually, no, we're not on tomorrow, are we? Way to compete. I don't uh, know. No, we're not on tomorrow because it's no, a 5 o'clock game. Yeah, no game. So, so we'll be back Friday uh, on the People Show, but I'm back tomorrow uh, with Sat uh, on the post game show as the Canucks get ready to start this vaunted seven-game road trip tomorrow in St. Louis. We'll get into it all then. Uh, for Dom and Elon, this is the People Show here on Sportsnet 650.